Yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. Anchor Anchor is a little different, um, but it's neat just because of the distribution of Anchor. Um, and again, you know, like what I was saying prior was essentially you literally just go into like for me, I just go into airplane mode, keep Wi-Fi on. And then that way I don't have any kind of uh, interruptions. But it's a cool it's a cool application. It makes it a little bit easier so people can, you know, listen to a podcast while driving versus having to, to focus on a video. Um, I think yeah. that it reaches a broader audience. Other than that, uh, Tim Anderson, how are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm happy to be back from Richmond. Uh, you know, if you ever want to appreciate uh, how great Virginia Beach is, just spend 60 days in Richmond City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I love, I love, love, love being there. Uh, but the capital is an absolute disaster. Um, the mismanagement of the city of Richmond by the uh, by the uh, politicians that are running the city of Richmond. It, it's just the city. The you know, there's not as many police as there's supposed to be. Crime is rampant. Um, I, I saw out my window one day, uh, eight o'clock at night, like a, a monster accident and a, a shooting happened. I mean, this is all right outside my hotel, blocks away from the Capitol. Um, it's just, uh, it's a total mess. So I'm super glad to be back in Virginia beach and, uh, uh, not have to walk over, um, you know, uh, feces on the ground when I'm walking to, over to the Capitol. It's, so. it's really bad. I mean, it's, it's amazing though, because I've got friends that live in the city. Uh, one of which used to be a, uh, urban planner for the city and, and he just rants and raves about how amazing it is. And, and, and then, you know, I go down there and, and same scenario I see, you know, and maybe he's seeing things differently from a different perspective, or maybe it's because he lives in a really nice area uh, in Richmond. But um, it, it's interesting because there's so much disparity there and people just seem to either completely ignore it or maybe they're just willingly being ignorant about it and saying, well, yeah, everything's fine. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. I I I typically will not go to the city anymore um, unless it's like kind of outside on the outskirts, like Carytown, Maymont Park, uh, places like that. But inner city has just gotten terrible. Um, I mean, it's what, always been bad, but it's significantly worse since 2020. I, I brought my family in from from uh, all over <clears throat> or my ceremonial swearing in and we rented a house in Carytown. Right. Uh, and, and, and that, that, you know, couple nights, every night there was a gunshot um every night there was you know just screaming and yelling on on the roads and i'm just like i'm it's just it's outrageous and you know it's truly this i mean it's not that richmond is bad it's not that the people in richmond are bad the the mayor has just treated the police like absolute garbage Mm -hmm. and uh and the police are have left many and they you know when there's there's no society that exists when there's less police, there's less crime. Right. Um, and so, you know, the the police department has just been eviscerated. The cops are being prosecuted when they're deploying tear gas to rioters. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's just a terrible place. And it's 100 percent the fault of LeVar Stoney and 
and the uh, the city council that's enabling him to act the way he's acting. But I know that's not what you want to talk about. Uh, but uh, just that certainly was on my mind. I'm I'm okay with talking about whatever you want to talk about. To be honest, I mean the last last uh, individual I had on, we we kind of just we we just went wherever the wind was blowing at the moment and so it was kind of all over the place but no i i totally agree with you i think um you know one one of the biggest problems with with this whole uh centralized narrative of defunding the police um it it really puts you in a i think now people are starting to, to look at it from a perspective of okay we're seeing less individuals that are willing to go out there and do their job and do their job well because of a lack of resources and funding and, and, and also respect that they're getting. So now what you're getting, individuals that are applying to actually be officers are of lesser quality um, than what you would have had prior when we actually gave our officers uh, more respect and better resources and better funding. Um, so we're really getting hurt. And I think, I think the left sees that too. I mean, obviously we saw a uh, month, month and a half ago, um, you know, at the, uh, the the State of the Union, you know, Joe Biden was like, we're, we want to fund the police. We're for funding, you know, and I'm just like, no, no, that's that's definitely not what was coming out of your camp uh, all throughout 2020. But uh, it's ironic to some extent to see him say that. But but then again, we've seen a lot of flip flopping, too, on the uh, the left. I mean, apparently COVID is is kind of no longer a thing, I guess. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. The, 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 the science has changed. I mean, I'm talking about the political science has changed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, COVID's not that big of a deal anymore. And you know, that is 100% because of Glenn Youngkin. Glenn yeah. has set the national precedent on um, getting, uh, getting COVID in the rearview mirror. Uh, in February, it was a top priority of his to get the kids unmasked in schools. And uh, we got it done in the General Assembly, and he signed it, put an emergency clause on it. It became law um, immediately. And when we were debating that in mid-February, the teachers unions were coming in and saying, you're killing children. You hate you hate disabled children. You hate children with immunocompromised diseases. You're evil, right? They were saying these things to us. And, yeah. and then we pass it, and then two weeks later, um, the floodgates open and, you know, the writings on the wall, states are starting to all do this now. And so the CDC declares, hey, uh, we don't need to wear masks in schools anymore. Um, and on top of that, uh, you know, you're not even in a high transmission rate anymore. You went from high transmission to no transmission in one day. Yeah, it was uh, 90 percent to 30 percent, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, in one day. Um, because again, the political science changed, and uh, and the entire country, the entire country is better because of Glenn Youngkin. And and I'm I'm not exaggerating that. Anybody who's listening to this, it all goes to him and his leadership. Because I can guarantee you this: if Terry McAuliffe was our governor, uh, Virginia would be on its third round of boosters. Everybody would have to have a scuba mask over their head by now because. <laughs> um, you know, we would just, it would just be total lockdown still. And, uh, and McCullough bragged about it. He's like, I'm for lockdowns. I think we should have more. Uh, and so we are just so fortunate as a nation to have Glenn Youngkin as governor of Virginia. He's led this entire country on this issue. So, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And I think I, I find it very ironic that these, these individuals like teachers that are advocating 
uh, supposedly for for children that have immunocompromised systems, um, you know, to to call out Glenn Youngkin, yet they don't want to take themselves self accountable because a majority of them are for abortion. And uh, to me, it's it's and that's not a generalization either. I mean, the 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 camp that they are in or the tribe that they are kind of signed up with for the most part is, you know, abortion is fine. My body, my choice kind of scenario. However, the my body, my choice doesn't apply. It's not applicable to when you don't want to potentially get a vaccine put in your body. Um, you know, the, the, just the contradictions and the hypocrisy that I'm constantly seeing from from the left has has been, I think, enough for a lot of middle ground to, to, to moderate left to kind of start going towards the right. And I think that's one of the issues that we've seen with Virginia as to why we actually have Glenn Youngkin and two. I think people are sick and tired of the politics and the politicization of, you know, COVID amongst many other things. And, um, you know, these, these fence sitters and, and maybe libertarians just were like, you know what, I'm voting, I'm voting Glenn because I, I want, I want to see a real impact. I want to see something different. And Glenn definitely did. I mean, the first, uh, first day in office, how many executive orders did he sign? Was it 11? Yeah, 11 or 12. And, uh, you know, the, the, the big one, uh, dealt with masks. Um, that was his first order um, dealing. Well, I guess second order because first order was uh, critical race theory. But you know, he you know his his ma- mask order comes down um, that parents should have a choice, and he gets sued. You know, all over the place by all these loony liberals, and mm-hmm. then um, and then the Supreme Court kind of shows its cards when it dismisses one case that somebody filed right with the Supreme Court out of Chesapeake and says, "Hey, by the way, parents have always had the choice. I don't know what you all are talking about." And then, and then the floodgates open, right? Um, the you know the the left realized that they need to get on the train because they're about to get run over by the train, um, and uh, they came on board, and you know just uh, uh, unbelievable stuff. And you know you got to look at like the name calling, right? Like when when we were going through that taking that mask thing off, we we hated children, we hated immunocompromised children, we were terrible people, and then just two weeks later, two weeks later, I'm not exaggerating. When the CDC comes out and says, oh, yeah, we're good. The same groups that called us child haters said, wow, what a amazing, great decision based in science and logic. And, you know, we totally support this. And uh, I just the hypocrisy of that. Right. (laughs) The compromised kids no longer are in danger because the CDC says they're no longer in danger. Right. And uh, wow. I mean, it's just you, you look at it from a 30,000 foot view. I mean, I, I swear, to, I swear, if aliens were to fly over our country right now and look at what's happening, they would they would have to think that there's absolutely no chance for a long term survival on this planet. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we, we say things that just aren't based in reality, like let's go into transgender sports. Right. So we say things that that biological men who are identifying as women and have any problem with that that's what they want to do so be it but we're saying things that they somehow become biological women anatomically right Mm -hmm. and that's the insanity of these arguments like wait a minute no matter what that's still a man okay biologically now it may be you know uh, transgender great that's fine but ultimately that's still a man that's still a guy that's competing against women in in women's uh, swimming and when that guy wins um that guy becomes a uh you know the 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 woman record-breaking champion of of college sports it's like that is crazy right 
And and the left just just continues to ingrain that that is right. And, you know, for me, uh, I just I, you know, I, I want to treat people with respect and love. And if you're if you're biological male and you want to identify as a female, I will call you she, her and I will call you by whatever name you want to give and I'll give you that respect. But at the end of the day, when you're competing with biological opposite sexes, when biological men are competing with biological women, to say that they're somehow on the same playing field is insane. Yeah, um, it, it's 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 completely a discredit to women uh, as a whole. I'm actually really surprised that feminists um, are not on board with going against this 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 push or this narrative that they're pushing for. You know, like Leah Leah, um, what is it, Leah Thomas, if I remember correctly, who just just won that um, that swim meet. Right. Uh, you know, there's so much controversy around it. And the big problem, and, and maybe this is just subjective, you know, completely opinionated on my, my side. But the big problem is, again, biologically, as a male, there are specific advantages as far as upper body strength that you have uh, over a woman. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and pelvis is more narrow. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, these are this like fake things. Women, women make babies and they have bigger pelvises. And that that affects their abilities to run and swim and, and sprint and all of the things. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but men can't push out a baby because our pelvises are more narrow. And so that's that's it. You know, um, here's how I think you fix that. Right. Um, because a lot of people, um, you know, think that that they shouldn't be allowed to compete. And 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 other people say that, of course, they should because they're identified. Here's here's I think it, the the most reasonable way to fix it, and it comes from my golf game. Um, you have to put biological men if they're going to compete with biological women, you got to put a handicap on them, right? Um, and you know, like in swimming, you put like a two second handicap on them. Um, and so if if he can beat the girls by at least two seconds, then he can be the the champion, right? But right. if 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 he can't then the women get to win because he should, you know, he's superior in his physicality. And that's why we have segregated sports to begin with. Right. Yep. So, um, that's what they need to do. It's a simple fix. Um, just put a handicap on the transgenders competing um, that makes the, that gives the girls uh, a competitive advantage and then let them go at it. Um, and I think that's the way to go. But that would go against the entire narrative of equality, though. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the biggest problem is is the fact that we're seeing this. You know, everyone has to be equal. We have to have equality across the board when it comes to sexuality or individuality. Uh, you know, it's just it's insane. Like tomorrow, um, uh, I forget which time. I think it's at like six or six thirty p.m. in Hanover County Schools. Um, the board is meeting, and apparently, a bunch of different groups and i actually posted about this uh, a couple days ago in virginia united but a bunch of different groups that are pro you know transgender and, and you know um the lbgtq uh, community and whatnot are going to be protesting um for individualism being taught in schools and and that said as you know individualism meaning transgenderism and homosexuality and, and things like that and you know the big thing with with that, you know, in Hanover County, the parents are going to be going to this and they're going to have to fight against these these groups of individuals that are protesting that have been trained by other groups that are professionally teaching these individuals on how to debate and to essentially give counterintuitive uh, facts 
to basically shut shut down the belief system of it's as a parent it should be your right to be able to teach your child whatever you want so they're going to be basically using this as as a as a a safe net or safety net to basically combat against this narrative and i feel really bad for the parents in, in hanover county because they're, they're going up against a, a lot and it's going to be a big uphill battle and it's unfortunate you, you know you look at things like ron DeSantis in florida and this this bill that came out that specifically is referring to you know k through third grade not teaching things like transgenderism and, and sexuality and things like that um because these children don't have the first and foremost the parents should be the ones that are addressing these problems. Teachers are overreaching. They do not have the right or they should not have the right to do that because that is something that should be sacred between a child and a parent. But, but secondly, children at that age to be able to process and comprehend that type of, of scenario or, or ideology is extremely difficult. And, you know, even for sort of, for some of my age, I still have a hard time and a struggle, you know, with with some of the the nuance that's that goes into all of this. And I can't imagine how a five or six or seven year old could even begin to comprehend it. So the fact that, you know, the the left has been attacking, you know, DeSantis saying this is like a don't say gay bill when it literally doesn't have anything to do. It has says nothing in there about don't say gay. It's just basically don't teach the ideology of of these things to these younger kids. And it caps it at third grade. So it's, you know, to me, it's just it doesn't make it. it the only thing that makes sense to me as far as this this push is to basically indoctrinate children into a specific ideology. And at that point in time, I mean, historically, we've seen things like this happen in Germany and other places as well, um, where there's been a push to indoctrinate these kids with with sexual identity and that may basically by by indoctrinating children at a young age with sexual identity has been proven that it takes them away from core value systems and things like religion and other things like that that can actually bring a good moral compass to these children uh, i honestly think that's that's probably what the push is but you know I, again it's subjective and, and it's it shouldn't be happening in the first place you know this is a a, a parent's responsibility um, it's not the teacher's responsibility. The teacher should be teaching things like math and science and history, literally scholastic things, um, and not pushing things like sexual identity. That has nothing to do with you progressing and moving forward in the world as a as a as a child or as a person in general. You need to learn how to read and to write and do math. You don't need to learn about your sexual identity in third or second or first or kindergarten. It just doesn't make sense. Well, and th th there's. There's absolutely a uh, uh, been a push until we won this year uh, to continue to put uh, sexually explicit materials inside schools. Um, we thank God just got the bill through that uh, that passed in 2016, passed a the Republican controlled General Assembly uh, in 2016 that said, Parents should have a right to opt out of sexually explicit materials. Um, and then Governor uh, uh, McAuliffe at the time vetoed it. And uh, we passed a, basically a similar version of that bill with Democrat support from the Senate because nothing gets through unless the Senate agrees. And uh, it's going to become law. You know, basic things like, I don't know if we're going to talk, if, you know, if they're going to have these sexually explicit materials in the class, I get to know about it as the parent and I get to opt my kids out. Um, and that's, you know, that's not 
parents overriding the system. That's giving parents the option to decide how their children are going to be educated. Um, and so there's just, you know, and, and still a, a huge number of Democrats resisted that idea. They just can't they just can't wrap their head around the idea that parents should have a seat at the table with their with the education of their children. Um, they just they think that these, you know, these uh, college educated uh, individuals uh, have the the sole and exclusive say on what's best and that parents really should just sit down and shut up. Uh, and uh, that's that that exists. That still exists today. And we're still fight about it with them today. And you can still see it in the voting records that Democrats cannot accept that parents should have, you know, uh, a seat uh, at the table. And so um, anyway, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that with our uh, the strides that we've made this year and and, you know, the 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 positive reception that people are going to have from this. Um, that Democrats lose another hard election in Virginia next year. They're going to lose. They're going to lose the House of Representatives this year, but that's a national thing. That's courtesy of Joe Biden. Um, but next year, um, that they lose that they're going to lose the Senate, and we're going to have all arms of government. And what you're going to see happen when the Republicans have all arms of government next year is you're not going to have this rush to the right to try to pass the most right extremist bills, which is what they did when they got the power. You're going to see, you know, uh, moderate balance of, uh, of, of bringing the state back into, if you think of like politics as a clock, you know, we're probably somewhere around seven or eight o'clock right now on the dial. We just want to get the state back to more center, you know, somewhere around six o'clock. Um, and, you know, we're not there's not there's not going to be a push to, to bring us back. But the Senate is so adamant about refusing to to do anything that is even logical. Like I had a bill that they killed that said we shouldn't give sentencing credits to people who have been convicted of child pornography. Right. Um, I, who doesn't think that somebody convicted of child pornography should serve all of their sentence? Right. Well, the Democrats in the Senate don't. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they're just it's like, how can you be on these pages? How can you be this disconnected with with the average voter? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the uh, the the Supreme Court, the new Supreme Court elect uh, it has been soft on uh, individuals that have been prosecuted with child porn, too, and let people off. There's well, you know, there's you know, there's it's just basically a right or wrong decision. If you you know, if you uh, if you have child porn, there's a lot more going on. I'm not talking about, you know, an 18 year old kid who has uh, a naked picture of a 16 year old girlfriend. OK, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking right. about prepubescent children um, engaged in sexual activities um, that somebody has that. And if you if that gets you stimulated, if that sexually arouses you, you are a real danger uh, to everybody in, the, in society. And when you go to jail, you need to go to jail for your sentence. And when you come out. You need to be on lifetime supervision because you are a problem. And, you know, maybe that's not 100 percent your fault, but you are still a problem. You still have to be monitored. You're, you, you are known to society to be a problem and uh, to somehow think that they are equivalent to somebody with a drug using habit or somebody who stole a car. It's just insane. And so Democrats are going to pay a high price um, next year. They're going to have another hard loss. And maybe then. They'll learn because they have not learned their lesson. You you listen to any of their floor speeches. They just think that what happened last year was an anomaly. 
Um, <laughs> and that well, they dig in. That's what they do. I mean, and 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 you see that every single day where people just they don't want to admit that they're wrong. And and even on national topics like you know recently with the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, I haven't seen any mainstream media outlets uh, say, "Hey, we were wrong. Uh, that laptop was real." Um, you know, New York Post, you know, was legitimate when they posted about it. And uh, we were wrong. Sorry. You know, not even an apology. It's, it's just they're digging in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what else is uh, what else is on your mind? What do you uh, what, what's uh, what's what do your listeners want to talk about? I can tell you about some of the bills we passed. Um, I can talk about questions that you may have of what happened in the General Assembly. What's what's good for you on this? I think people are, are, are really right now they're they're you know, because we have we're under, you know, relatively new leadership and, and we're under a, a new governor, I think a lot of people now are wondering what the next step is. Where do we go from here under uh Yunkin and then into you know the next the next election, you know, how's that going to, to pan out and are we gonna be in a good you know, direction or going in a good direction to where the next, you know, the next step for Virginia, um, are we going to stay red? You know, it's one of those things. I think a lot of people are fearful. Okay, well, we have Yunkin in now, but that's not forever. Will we stay red? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that we not, we will stay red. I think we will also gain seats. Um, redistricting has created kind of a mess for the incumbents. Um, and a lot of the Democrats are going to lose um, uh, seats. And most a very interesting case study is going to be Louise Lucas and Lionel Sproul um, in uh, Portsmouth, right? And so Louise Lucas, powerhouse senator from Portsmouth, Lionel Sproul, powerhouse senator from Norfolk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of them are going down. That's a fact. Um, and they're not going to be in the Senate next, next time. And so I think you're going to see a pretty big shift of power happening, Um uh, with the with the next election cycle and a lot of the power, the senior power is going to be gone. And I think that's going to change things. So not only I think are we going to gain seats, but I think we're going to get rid of some of the obstructors that uh, that have been in the in the in the General Assembly for so long that the power comes from them, not from the people. Right. Well, that's that's I mean, I think that's that's encouraging because, you know, again, we have a lot of skeptics, myself included. I was I was relatively skeptical from the very get go. Uh, and I was I was just completely not not enamored, but just pleasantly surprised with with where we went in Virginia and in the direction that we were going in. Um, I think the big thing now is, you know, people are they're so concerned about everything else going on you know virginia is still obviously a priority but with inflation and gas prices and the the escalation with russia and ukraine and everything else going on people are freaking out (laughs) off of this wi-fi and onto cellular yeah go no you're good i can still hear you fine sorry about that can you hear me yeah i can hear you perfectly fine you're good no problem yeah i apologize um can, can can we just pause for a second and let me relink up because I can't yeah. get, I can't get off my Wi-Fi. Um, so if you can just send me a new link um, and let me reconnect. Definitely. No problem. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye.